Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or just so where you found this podcast. And welcome to the Marvel Men podcast, a show where us Marvel nerds talk about everything Marvel 24-7-365. I'm your co-host, Zach Benicillo, joined with my co-host, Tommy DeVito. Hey there, everybody. And my good friend, Alex DiCarlo, the other co-host. What's up, what's up, what's up? And, well, ladies and gentlemen, we are officially here at the biggest moment of the MCU to date. Because well, if you have, but of the year, I'd say. Yes, of the year to be exact. Because if you haven't read the title of our episode, this is going to be our spoiler review for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yes, finally, this movie that was in basically development hell for years is finally out. Because basically, for those of you who didn't know, James Gunn was fired by 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 Marvel after Guardians 2, like around the time of Infinity Wars release, I think it was. Because apparently some like old tweets of his resurfaced that weren't good. But then it, I guess he ended up being proven that the tweets were not his or they're from like a fake account. And then WB hired him to do the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, which eventually led to him becoming now the you know, co-CEO of DC Studios. But then after all this stuff happened, Marvel hired him back and they were only able to get him back for the Guardians Holiday Special and Guardians 3. So basically after this, he's done with Marvel for the time being. Yep. So how does this all fare out? Well, pretty damn let's get good. Right into it, shall we? I guess the first thing keep in mind though, we are about to enter spoiler territory. So we've said before and we'll say it again. If you haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, pause this recording, go see the film, then come back to this recording to hear our It's worth seeing. It's worth seeing. Although I will say though, it's before we get to the real sports say to keep spoiler free in case you haven't decided to click off and you haven't seen it, it's very intense. And if you and if you're someone who loves animals, it's gonna be a tough watch. Yeah, and also bring some tissues, though, because it's going to get emotional. Oh, I, I, I took, like, extra napkins from the theater, had them in my pocket. I had to pull them out during one, during a couple scenes, because I was tearing yeah. So now that we got all the preamble out of the way, let's get it, let's get it started. I Evolutionary is a douche. Oh, yes. Yeah, exactly. Really is. Yeah, played by Chuck Woody Awuji, who James Gunn brought from over from Peacemaker. He played Mern in Peacemaker. So if you've seen Peacemaker, you'll recognize the actor playing the High Evolutionary, being Chuck Woody Awuji. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say though, I mean, Chuck Woody Awuji was amazing as the High Evolutionary. I think I, I think all three of us can say that we love a good villain that we can hate. Oh, I agree. I, I don't think I've ever hated yes. a villain this much because I love animals. My motto is don't be a dick to animals. And he was a dick to animals. Yeah, exactly. And and I really I really liked how he like like performed it very well when it yeah. comes to the when it comes to bringing this villain to life. Uh, one thing I actually do want to say though is that because like, I guess like during, over the past few days, Chuck Woody Wooji has been going through the same thing that like Wyatt Russell went through with being sent like very angry hates and death threats because of his character. I'm like, when I saw it, I'm like, are you kidding me? That's the way the character was written. He is not actually like that. 
he was given a script and did his job and he did it very well because we hate the villain. We were supposed to hate him. He's a bit, he, he's a, he's, he's the definition of a villain. Don't hate on Chuck Woody. He's doing a great job. I know. Right. Like, I just can't stand it when people harass the actors for the character that they play. Ugh. It's so stupid. It, it gets on my nerves beyond high heaven. But yeah, the high evolutionary, especially mm. like, I remember because like, we actually had that theory that, because if you notice in the trailers, his face is very like stretched out. And like, I had a feeling it was going to be a mask and I was right. It was a mask. Oh, yes. <gasps> what well, we saw underneath it was his clawed up face by Rocket. Yeah, it was awful though. I remember I was like, "Whoa!" when I saw him when he looked like that. I thought it was just gonna be a com the comic accurate robotic face, but no, no, it was just his face. It did look comic accurate. It was just it was just he was scratched up beyond because when I guess we're gonna get I guess we're talking about this scene, probably the most emotional scene of the movie. Light Rocket, like when he found out that he was never planned to be kept, he was always planned to be killed and replaced. And the only reason the high evolutionary wanted him was for his mind, which is highly advanced. And then when he, he breaks out his friends, Lila, who's voiced by Linda Cardellini, which many people will think, wait a second, she's already in the MCU. She is. Yes. She For is those more... who may know, Linda Cardellini, who pl she actually plays Laura Barton, the wife of Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, who is, of course, portrayed by the great Jeremy Renner. Yes. And also, and also just Mockingbird. for just for a cheap plug, uh, you can check out uh, Jeremy Renner's uh, new show, Renovations, on Disney+. Plus. Just, just for a cheap plug there. Yep. Yeah, but also, yes, but she's all, yes, but Linda Carlina, like, mocking, she's also Mockingbird with Laura Barnes. Yes. And also, for all you Gravity Falls fans, she's the voice of Wendy, which I think I've said mm -hmm. multiple times before. And she's also Velma in the Scooby-Doo movies that came out in 2002 and 2004, which were directed by James Gunn. Well, written by James Gunn. I thought he directed them. Yeah, exactly. Either way, but yeah, James Gunn, he has a thing for bringing in people he knows. Like, I know his brother, Sean Gunn, is Craglin. Mm-hmm. And I know his, I think his wife is in the movie. Like, I know his wife is in Peacemaker as Hardcore. I just don't know. Yes, Jennifer her, she, She's one of the animals. I know that, funny enough, that Judy Greer, who is Maggie, Scott's ex-wife, Cassie's mother, is the voice of Warpig. Which, by the way, legit, some of these creatures were things out of my nightmares. I'm like thinking this, I'm like, holy shit, this is like freaking scary. Yeah, I think I got a little off track, but then, yeah. then he goes and he's like, and then because after he like he gets them out, he frees Lila, Floor, Thieves. and Keith's. Then yeah. he then the high evolutionary then shoots Lila and kills her. <sighs> Rocket, let me tell you this, that was probably the most emotional scene of the movie for me. Because, like, you're seeing, like, and, like, and then him, like, jumping, and then he, like, jumps on the high evolutionary, like, clawing and ripping his face off. And then, but then he, but it's too late, because then he manages to kill all the others there, and ro only Rocket being the only survivor from that batch, which I don't remember. He was batch, like, 59, I think he was. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'm a little lost on that one. But I, either I way. But anyways. We also got the MCU debut of Adam Warlock. Portrayed by Will Poulter. And I will say, um, I got to tell you, Will Poulter looks jacked. I love he, this he, casting. I think When he was playing Adam Warlock. So that's I, how he is I, in I real think, life. I think Marvel Studios made, made a great choice in, in 
in getting him to play. Yeah, which is funny because I remember when it was first announced back in last October, like October 2021 to be specific, there was so much backlash toward it. And now it's out and everybody loves it. Yeah, and I will say, I will say to this though, like when when the three of us saw this film on opening night, we were all geeking out so hard. Oh, I agree. It's like the movie opens up. We get like that opening montage of like Rocket as a baby. And then we see Rocket just like walking through. We're seeing where, how the Guardians are doing. And then Adam shows up and damn, he basically, he, he's a badass. Ain't, ain't that right? But it's not just, uh, it's not just Rocket he just tore to bits. Uh, Zach, um, did he actually tear any of the Guardians uh, to bits too? Absolutely not. Hmm. I noticed. Well, he actually he did tear Groot. Because remember that one point, like he like destroyed Groot's body, and then he was just like a head with like these stick tentacle things that was so. Oh yeah, Adam, the one with Adam Lord- Warlock. Yes. You have to talk about Adam Warlock. Yeah. Also, so people are gonna say his suit is not very accurate to the comics. I'd say one. That's probably going to change because it gets destroyed by the end of the movie. Because in the end of the movie, well, that final scene when he's saving Quill from space, he's shirtless. And also, who the hell cares? He has a golden. His face is gold. He has the gem in his head, and he has the and he has the blonde hair, and he looks awesome. I do not care. I love that. I I think he looks great. Oh yeah, definitely. But of course, uh, of course, we all know that he's related to the Sovereign. And plot twist. The High Evolutionary actually created the Sovereign. I'm like, which, what? Which also begs the question of, because the creatures we see Mantis tame in the movie, that, that she says they're after batteries, not living things. Those are the same creatures that were attacking the Sovereign batteries in Guardians 2. So if the High Evolutionary made both the Sovereign and those creatures, things that look like those... They look like, I don't remember what they were called, but they're in... If you remember Star Wars The Force Awakens, that scene when, when we first meet Han Solo... In Force Awakens, those creatures he was caring for—that's what they reminded me of. Like, why would he have make both creatures and have one being close proximity to another one of his species if he knows that it'll, it can eat the batteries that they that this species is exclusively known for? Oh yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that film. But yeah, but also just like what I just want to tell Mantis once again, MVP was a real highlight. Oh yeah, and he's hilarious. And not gonna lie, there was there was a couple of scenes that almost got the Guardians on the verge of death. Oh, I agree. Like I for agree. example, like um, when Drax, when Drax almost got shot by Nathan Fillion's character, I, I was, I was flabbergasted. Same, because funny enough, Nathan Fillion he was supposed to be in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two as Wonder Man. No jokes. That's also why when the casting was going, oh, that they were casting for Wonder Man, we're like, I'm thinking, oh, it probably has to be Nathan Fillion because the contract. But then I'm because th- after what happened like with Marlon Wayans in Batman Forever, which I'm going to talk about this more and more in depth when we get to why Marvel can't recast the X Men. But that's a story for another day. But but yeah, it ended up being not to be him. So I'm like, oh dang. But yeah, at least he got his part in a Marvel movie. Hmm. And of course. Of course, uh, not only is uh, Nathan Fillion, Chuck Woody and Jennifer Holland it, are in this one, but he also managed to grab a couple of uh, a couple of actors he knows from the DZ side of things. 
Yes, he did. I believe uh, we got Daniela Melchior from the Suicide Squad. Who, she and was my catcher too. Yeah, and, and, and in this one, she was actually playing one of the Orgo Core employees. Yeah, the one that they had to, that they had like the gun to it, and then Gamora and started having that argument of like, yo, that's not how we do things, because they had to get the bad yeah. for Rocket, which then, when they see it, honestly, like, I didn't talk about their reactions. Like, even Nebula said that Rocket's backstory w- was tragic. And like, in fact, like, it, sh- it made her favor Thanos' treatment of her. Because honestly, the fact that I'm saying Thanos did some, treated some her, Nebula better than the high evolutionary treated Rocket, that's saying something how evil he is. Also, oh yeah, dead. definitely. So Nebula, she has like this new arm, this new arm which Rocket helped design, which is like very nanotech. Like, could it have been made from Bucky's arm that she gave to Rocket for in the holiday special? Could it have been made from that? I mean, they have the vibranium. We know it's capable of many things. You think hmm. Rocket decided to like melt it down or something and give it to Nebula as a new nanotech? Because you think he had to have been inspired by Tony Stark. Yeah, I was gonna say, man. What do you think of this, Zach? Yeah. Also, that, that, seems, about, that, that seems accurate. Also, one thing another people were pointing out was where was Star-Lord's helmet? Oh, yeah. So they actually revealed why he didn't have the helmet. It was because they were in a bit of a rush because, you know, everything that happened with Adam, he basically, he could have killed all of them right there. And then, like, he injured Rocket to the point where they had to get a med pack. And then they realized, oh, if they use it, oh, no, the kill switch that was embedded in the Rocket so as I said, they were kind of in a bit of a she didn't have time to grab it. It was like in like a desk somewhere in nowhere. So it's there. Mm-hmm. I, I would have liked to see him wear it with a comic accurate suit. But that's just I mean, but maybe for a future project. Because we know by the end credit scene, Star Lord will return. Well, we just don't know where though. But anyways, back to the main plot of the movie. Yes. Um I will say to this though, for the final battle, when we when we got to see Craglin do his thing with Yandu's arrow. Oh, and then Yandu's cameo. Yeah, it was it was such a great thing to have Michael Rooker come back to play Yandu again. And oh, I and I and I'm really happy he got to like you know, like give Kraglin the the much needed spiritual energy that he needed to master the arrow. And also Cosmo. I feel like Cosmo uh, is an underappreciated part of this movie. Oh yeah, I mean I, I Cosmo was like so underrated as a as an MCU character. I agree. And plus, we saw Howard the Duck make a cameo again. Of course, voiced by Seth Green. Oh, I didn't. That was Seth Green. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Was. Oh my god! For those of you don't know who Seth Green is, he's the voice of Chris Griffin in Family Guy, and he's also for you DC fans, he's the voice of Thunderbolt in season three of Star Girl. Mm-hmm. And also for you TMNT fans. He's actually the voice of Leonardo. Well, the voice of Leonardo from the 2012 series. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, he actually voiced the character starting in season three. Oh, nice. Just saying. Oh, so I just want to get like a scene I want to get. I just want to talk about it. I thought it was just hilarious. Was the scene with Mantis and Starlo talking about? Oh no, some people on Earth live, don't live longer than like 50. People live die when they're 50. What's the point of even being born? I know it's messed up. So it means you're gonna die soon. I'm not 50. <laughs> I'm not 50 either. Oh I'm my so god. Funny. I couldn't stop laughing at that. Like, I'm not 50. Because <laughs> he's talking about Quill seeing his grandfather, Jason Quill, who is alive. He's thinking he'd probably be like 90. Just so I guess that debunked the, the rumor that he that Captain America was Quill's grandfather. Ever since well, She Hulk, there was a theory since they find out. Oh, because this was the theory that was going around since She Hulk. 
the first episode revealed Captain America lost his virginity in 1943. People were pointing out in Captain America, the first Avenger, he meets a woman who was played by the same actress who plays Quill's mother. Gun- oh, yeah. James right. Gunn confirmed that that was Quill's grandmother. So people were putting two and two together, thinking, could Captain America be his grandfather? But nope. I'm actually kind of glad it wasn't, because then I think, okay, basically, you're telling me then this guy is the grandson of Captain America and the son of a celestial. Mm-hmm. But I think that was a smart move, just making it some random guy from her. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I may as well uh, channel uh, Maury Povich on this one. To, to say we think that Star-Lord was the grandfather of, or should I say, to say we think that Star-Lord was the grandson of Captain America, the lie detector determined. That, that was, was a lie. lie. <laughs> Also, I think too, like, because I just love the whole bits of like Gamora not understanding Groot. You just keep saying, "I'm Groot." I know what your name is. Yeah. Um. Actually, speaking of Gamora, um, I yes. was gonna say, um, boys, is there something different about Gamora since we last saw her in the MCU? The last Maybe time we saw her was Endgame. 2014 version. Yeah, that's the one from 2014. Oh like, yeah, and I was gonna say, but like, if the, but here's another problem, I, and I know we talked about this in past episodes. If the Gamora that we know is already dead, courtesy of the events of Avengers: Infinity War, but if there's another version of Gamora that's still active in in our timeline, yeah, I was thinking that, like, could it cause an incursion? It's possible, but I'd say I don't know, only just because, like, Thanos and everyone else was wiped from that timeline when Tony snapped, as well as also the fact that Gamora's dead, so there's not, like, another Gamora, so it's not like there's two of the same person on the same Earth. Also, mm-hmm. in Loki Season 1, Ravana Renslayer did say everything that happened in Endgame with the time travel was supposed to happen, so maybe Kang or he who remains, or whichever Kang now is ruling 616, is letting Gamora stay. But we'll maybe yeah. see from the Marvels if that is an incursion that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And actually, Gamora is not actually joining the Guardians in this time around. This time, she's allying herself with the Ravagers, and I'm like, whoa. And we see the return of Starhawk from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, who was played by Sylvester Stallone. Rocky, Rocky Balboa himself. Rambo, all of Hey, oh man, I'm uh, I'm Rocky Balboa. Hey, Grant. <laughs> That's my Rocky impression. No, Adrian. I did. Also, I'm curious. Like his costume, it looked a lot like Star Lord. Like his helmet looked like Star Lord's from the comics. But Just I will say, it, it is really nice to see uh, Sylvester Stallone back as uh as the car. And also, we get a uh, a couple of the Ravagers from his from his crew back in this film, like Michael Rosenbaum. Who else? Uh, but they actually got Tara Strong to replace Miley Cyrus as Mainframe. Mainframe was that floating head. And also, if you don't know who Tara Strong is, she's the voice of Timmy Turner in The Fairly Odd Parents. That's where a lot, I think a lot of people will know her from. Yep. For all you MCU nerds, she currently voices Miss Minutes in Loki. I forgot about that. She's also the voice of Miss Minutes. Also, just one thing, though, I just want to get up with, to get with Groot real quick. Wow, Groot really has some new feats this movie. Like, he grows wings, the end credits, and he's like, I don't even know what the hell he was. He, that scene yeah. on Counter-Earth, he, like, grew and then shrank. So that means so that means he can grow and shrink? He's been able to do that this whole time? Or is, 
Keep, okay, then again, this is a new group. But also, at the end of the movie, we hear him say, I love you guys. <gasps> oh my goodness, boys. Did the group just... I know, Gunn actually said... Yeah, James Gunn actually said the reason why we were able to understand that was because apparently we're part of the family now and we can understand him. So that means next time we see Groot, is he, we're going to be able to hear him, everything he says? It's not going to be, I am Groot. We're actually going to hear Vin Diesel actually say more than, I am Groot, saying like, like hi there, stuff like that. <laughs> it also raises the question, because we don't know much about the floral colossus. That's the species Groot is. So like, I guess that means if, I guess that means if you're with them, if there's a two-way connection between you, like you and the creature of that species, does that mean then you can understand them after you know them for a bit? Hmm. I would explain it. Interesting. Then again, but Thor also... was able to understand Groot, no problem. And in Infinity, he said he studied it. So speaking uh, of Thor, I just want to get oh, yeah, to this real quick. Right. Where was he? I mean, like, I would have liked, because like him and Love at the end of Love and Thunder were like helping people out. Like you think the Guardians are doing the same thing. Like you think... They would have tried to call him. They think I know, right? Need help. Like, well, the thing is, though, the reason why Thor wasn't in this, the real world reason was because James Gunn didn't want to use him. Because Gunn didn't know at the end of Endgame that Thor joins the Guardians. He didn't know this. So that's why also when he found out, he was like, like he was not happy. And then when time then when it got revealed that Thor Love and Thunder was gonna come out before Guardians 3. Yeah. And he actually praised Taika Waititi for writing the Guardians out of the movie early on so they could go do their own thing. So yeah, credit so- yeah, credit to Taika Waititi for uh for for bridging the gap between Endgame, Thor Love and Thunder and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Well, the holiday special. Yeah, that too, yeah, but but so- also but also I don't know about you guys, but has Groot been hitting the gym lately? I I feel like he has. Well, they confirmed this is a different Groot from Guardians 1. The Groot even... Yeah, that's what I meant by it. I I know that he's been like... I mean, with the new body design for for Groot. And and that's what got me thinking. Has he been hitting the gym lately? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Because he looks jacked. Yep. Groot looks jacked in this film. Yep. Oh, I agree. So, I guess... The other thing I wanted to get to. So, the fake-out death with both Rocket and Star-Lord. What did you guys think? Oh, yeah. Those those two were the like the emotional ones that that I was not ready for. Yeah, I think Star Lord. Completely honest with you guys, I was not ready for those two. Me neither. Like when it came to like Star Lords, I'm like, no freaking way! I'm thinking, oh my god, are they actually gonna kill him off? Because Chris Pratt said he's thinking about joining DC with Gunn, and people have been saying he'd be great as Booster Gold, or I think he'd be good as Max Mercury as well. Flash character, look him up. But yeah. Like, he'd be great as those two, but I'm basically saying, I'm thinking, are they actually going to kill him off? Because he was in space. Groot tried to grab him, but, like, the the cold of space. And then, luckily, Adam Warlock to the rescue, and Adam saved him in time. Oh, yeah. Definitely. The one thing I do want to mention, because I feel like I'd I'd, I'd shoot myself in the foot if we didn't talk about this at one point during this review. That final battle, like, that one shot when it was just all of them and the camera had no cuts, that was probably, I think, my favorite part of the movie. And one of my favorite, it's in my top five favorite final battles. Like, especially that song, No Sleep Till Brooklyn was playing. No! Yeah, by the Beastie Boys. Uh, That was was a great song. I just love that. Because I don't know what a long shot is. It's when the camera just pans back and forth. And it just doesn't cut. There's no different angles. It's just one angle. Those are some of my favorite shots for action shots when it's just one cut. But the issue is that... But they're a pain in the ass to film because if one person screws up, because you have all these extras, one person screws up, you got to start all over again. 
Yeah, that makes sense. One and long I, take. Yeah, and not gonna lie, Zach and I were jamming out to that song. While, I was while too. The played out. I've had that song on repeat ever since I got out of the movie. And plus, uh, I love that line from Rocket saying to uh, to Quill, Pete, I'm done. Done running. Oh yeah, Bradley Cooper better win like better win something for this movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Bradley Cooper knocked it out of the park this time around as Rocket. I mean, I mean, if he doesn't deserve an Oscar, I don't know what is. I know, like he, if he does win an Oscar, he'll be the first ever voice actor to win an Oscar, in the sense of in a live action movie, a voice actor to win for a live action movie, just to be specific. Mm-hmm. But yeah, also, like, and also, and also, when it came down to the final battle against the High Evolutionary, my goodness, I. I was at a loss for words because when Rock, when Rocket turned on the gravity boots, boots, and when the High Evolutionary was just torturing him, yeah, he ended up saying, "The name's Rocket, Raccoon, Rocket, Raccoon." You finally accept that he is a raccoon because that actually was something too. Because I was always curious: was Rocket an an Earth a, 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 a raccoon from Earth that was abducted and experimented on, or was he like something similar to Howard the Duck, where He's like, like a space raccoon or something like that, where he was born on a different planet and abducted. But no, he's from Earth. Like, cause there was a whole bunch of creatures from Earth. It's like North America, like rocket. Like, oh, he is a raccoon. But also, just mm-hmm. rocket to save all the animals. Just watching how they're gonna have like a zoo in space, like space zoo. Ooh, and all those children on nowhere. They 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 have everybody on nowhere now. Oh yeah, and um. And it wasn't just the animals the Guardians rescued. Um, Zach, was there any was there anybody else that the Guardians rescued? Oh, probably the children yeah. that were being used for high the high evolutionary counter Earth, which I found to be Earth. very interesting. Especially because he was like, "Oh yeah, one thing," and she just destroy it like that. Yeah, and and it's, and when the high evolutionary actually blew up counter Earth, it also destroyed Aisha. Yeah, she watched. Yeah, she was gone. That's also was, I guess, Adam's turn to which Adam Warlock. He wasn't in the movie as much as people would have liked, but in the end, it's a movie about the Guardians and Rocket, not Adam Warlock. He'll get his own project soon. I know it because he's not part mm-hmm. of the new Guardians. Which guess what? James Gunn actually got to pick who was on the new Guardians team in the end credit scene. So it's Rocket, Groot, Adam Warlock, Kraglin, Cosmo, Cosmo. I forgot about Cosmo and one of the kids. I'm. Though I'm gonna have to look it up. Yeah, actually, I can clarify for that. Her name is Phyla Vell. Interesting. She's she actually, any... And she's actually related to uh, Captain Marvel in the comics. Which Captain Marvel? Um, probably the original. I'd say I may have so that... to look that up later. And I believe Wait, she's so... played by she's played by Kai Zen in this film. Don't know who that is, but okay. We don't know. So either. basically, in the comics, she's tied to Captain Marvel. But in oh, the so MCU, maybe she'll cameo in the Marvels. But actually, for the MCU's version of Phyla, she's actually tied to the High Evolutionaries' test experiments. So Phyla is her name? Yes, oh, so Phyla Bell. Since, since we're talking about names of Isla, Lila, the space hunter, I have to say, like, what's the looking for? I wonder where she got the name idea for Lila from. Because, like, people like Rocket, Floor, and Teeves, they got theirs from, like, things around them. Where did she get the name Lila from? You know, I really don't know. But yeah, honestly, this really was like a perfect end to the Guardians, as we know it. Because, like, you know, Quill's back on Earth. 
Mantis is doing her own thing because she's never really had a choice in her life. Drax yeah. and Nebula are on nowhere. Rocket, Groot, and Kraglin, and like Adam and everyone else are part of the New Guardians. Gamora went back with the Raptors. But also, um, you know, Zach, I want I want to ask you this, but um, let me ask you this: Was there a certain uh, was, was there like a certain music scene that happened uh, when the Guardians disbanded? Yes, uh, I know what song this was. Yeah, I think we know what song. Oh, oh yeah, Redbone, come get your love. Yes. Oh yeah, is that I the mean, first song that played at the beginning of the first Guardians when Quill was on Morag getting the Power Stone? I just love that. that but also, me. but also, we also get a song from Florence and the Machine. Dog days are over. Yeah. That was a good and, and that was during uh that was and also here's the other funny thing we get to see drags dance yes that was hilarious because he said in the first movie he doesn't dance because when he's saying like didn't even tap my foot or something like that oh, we're wow. talking about his wife drags actually loses yeah. up because because this is dave bautista's last time playing drax yeah credit to dave bautista he was really getting in uh he was really getting in the groove yeah, I mean, especially because we know this whole movie, he's wearing like a long sleeve shirt. The reason why is because he physically cannot keep up that muscle mass anymore. Like, it's like he's now in his 50s, which it's hard to believe this. But Guardians of the Galaxy 1 came out nine years ago. That's crazy to think about. But yeah, it's like, and the makeup job, so it was just like his hands and his face. They really had to do this movie. Yeah, and, and also... I think what I actually like about this film is that is that they're is that they actually went for for the uniforms that they use from the comics. Oh, I agree. I love that. I would have loved to see Quill yeah, with, the, with the bat with the badge in the middle and, and yeah, the, the blue, and badge blue and red uniforms. Yep. What did I say? See Gamora wear one. But interesting enough, I'm surprised Gamora did, wasn't in the movie th that much. Then I understand the movie was about Rocket, which I understand. Like Rocket is honestly a great character. I I hope we see more of him because the only one we have confirmation of is returning is Star Lord. Mm-hmm. I think Rocket and Adam, we know Adam too is gonna come back at some point. So so I think we got that out of the way. So why don't we give our final ratings? Okay. Yep. So Zach, since you're up first, take what's your rating on volume three? I give it an H due to the saving the children plot being so reminiscent as Thor Love and Thunder, but True. I think it's better than Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh, I agree. Mm -hmm. All right, Tommy, what say you? I give it a nine. I feel like there were some small things that they could have done differently. Like I think the fake out deaths, I think was just insane. Like if like actually take a risk. Like if you're gonna commit, if you're gonna have a character step possibly die, just commit to it. But. Other than that, I think I really liked it too. Also, I just wanted that scene when they were in like those Among Us suits before going to Orgo Corp. That's what it was. And there was like, yeah. those, and there's like the whole thing like, you know, this is an open line, right? And they're talking about the colors. Like, okay, how am I supposed to know all that? <laughs> Honestly, this movie really did have a perfect balance of serious tone when it comes to like Rocket and the stuff. Like, I legit teared up during some of his backstory scenes. And then, like, especially when he was like, pain. Stuff like that. And then the just the comedy too. Like this was the perfect balance, but all in all, I give this a nine out of ten. Okay. As for me, I give it a ten out of ten because I thought I thought it was a great story. James Gunn did a great job blending the heart and humor together. And I think this is a great way for the Guardians to go out as we know them. 
And uh, with that, um, is that is that about it, guys? I guess before you, so I just want to say one thing too. Just one other thing about Adam Warlock. I'm I can't wait to see more of him, but also for those of you who don't know in the comics who Adam Warlock is, because I know a lot of people are confused. He was set up at the end of Guardians Two. He was the one in that cradle that Aisha was talking to. So I think I'll call him Adam because they don't ever call him Adam in this. They just call him just the Warlock. So he's Adam Warlock. But also in the comics, he's basically the arch enemy to Thanos, and he's the one to undo the snap and wear the Infinity Gauntlet and have nothing happen to him. Because also mm-hmm. you saw this movie, he was very powerful. But also he's like, I think he's like eleven or ten or twelve because Guardians Two takes place in twenty fifteen. And it's now like 2028, 20, I'd say, in the MCU. So basically saying, yep. he's like, and and we know that High Evolutionary let him out early. But basically, yeah, Adam, Austin, he's essentially Marvel's Jesus. That's the way people describe him. Yep, that makes sense. And uh, with that, I think that actually, I think that actually wraps up this episode of the Marvel Men podcast. So we want to thank you for tuning in to our spoiler review for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. If you like what you hear, check us out on Spotify and follow us on our Instagram page. And until our next episode, we are the Marvel Men, and we will catch you on this side of the multiverse. Ciao. Until next episode, which you're you're definitely going to want to. Ciao. Until next episode, which you're definitely going to want to check out when it's out, because we're talking about something that that affects the entirety of Hollywood. Yes. So stay Mm -hmm. tuned for the next episode, guys. Until then, then, we'll see you later. See you somewhere in the cosmos. Bye.